Welcome to our podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Carrie. And And this this is Filter Free. So they just left me and I chased chased the car mm-hmm. um, and they, they just drove off and didn't know where they went mm-hmm. um, and then at this point I'm freaking out and I just told my nanny I'm like we need to go mm-hmm. they're gonna come back we gotta do something and she's just so lost that she, she doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. and she's like she's the only adult there. right you're looking at this adult and she has no answers she has nothing to give me mm-hmm so the cops show up finally? yes cops did show up mm-hmm. two two male cops i had swelling on my face it wasn't a bruise mm-hmm. just yet but um my face was swollen i took pictures and they told me they're my parents and so did they it. look through the house yep they looked through the house they, they saw they saw what i was living in they saw the condition of the house and they said sorry, sorry. your parents we gotta go yep Okay. Yeah. I think it's because I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think if I was mm-hmm. a, a child, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, maybe let's, would have taken it let's get you out. But since you're a teenager, yeah. you know. Bring your grandma, make it to a safe space. I think I called my old mentor. I called her. She said, you know, y'all get a cab and y'all can come stay in my studio for the night. So I had to get my grandmother out of bed and convince her to come with me. Why did you feel like you needed to save her? I don't know. Hmm. I was just, just everybody curious. left. Everybody left. Yeah, and, she, you and probably I love I loved her. Yeah. You know, and she she did a lot of raising me mm-hmm. throughout my childhood. I was scared that they were going to come back and maybe hurt her. So we got in a cab and I saw a car that looked like a, I think it was like a friend probably a dealer's car that my mom knew because mm-hmm. I've seen the car before and they were slowly driving by my house. I'm hiding in bushes. We make it down the street. We go and hide in a man's garage. Oh, Lord. He let us. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't even know the situation, but you guys can stay here. <laughs> a teenager and a grandma hiding yeah. in his garage. Yeah. So I see the car pass and we get in the Uber, taxi, whatever up at that studio and the next day I meet a lady and she takes me to her house and they said you know we're gonna place you and she was very nice she was mm-hmm. a little strict well especially going from yeah. say anything you zero rules yeah. to any rules, yeah. I'm sure yeah. yeah so that was a really and how long were you there I want to say just like maybe six or seven months I was not there super long okay um, During the seven months, did you have any visitation with your mom or no, any contact no, with your dad or your no. mom? Okay. With my dad, yes. <clears throat> they did contact my dad. Mm-hmm. Somebody did. Um, saw him again for the first time since I was, you oh, know, right. 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Saw my siblings. I don't remember much. I just remember, I think that they still lived with a man mm-hmm. that hurt me, and I was not going to go live there. Yeah. Sorry. I was not changing my mind. I don't right. know why they thought, oh, a couple of years ago passed. No, mm-hmm. wasn't lying. 
So, so that first placement you were talking about, it, that was the one that you were not sure if they were actual foster parents. I think that she was just somebody that that lady knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the woman I was living with had two other kids. Um, one was also a teenager, and she she made her office my bedroom. I had decor. I mm-hmm. had furniture. I had a safe space. She let me call her mom, and like this was a real connection that I had with this woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Do you sure still what happened. She she later waited for me to go out with my dad. Got a call from the lady I was living with, mm-hmm. and she waited until I was with them to tell them that I'm no longer allowed to live there. Nice. So I went home to my entire room being packed, and it's already back to her office space. They don't know why? They never told me why. And I remember being heartbroken, Mm -hmm. and she looked at me and hugged me, and she was like, not even a thank you, nothing. And I just, I did not, I didn't know what to say to her. And um, went with um, some other family members, and um, you know, some things happened there. So I went on to live Packing with some. Packing up and moving again. Yep, yep. Are you going to school, or jumping from school to school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they passed me along to um, some other family members. And keep in mind, I've not seen my mom all this time. Mm-hmm. I heard some things when I was living with some family, the second home that I was mm-hmm. in, they told me that my stepdad at that time had passed. Oh. There was an incident. Uh-huh. And I thought my mom was dead. Oh. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I, all I, all they told me was, oh, there's been an incident with them. And I'm like, okay, she's okay. done. It's happened. I'm like, I've been so waiting for it. <laughs> you went from this lady's home to a family, family home. And then another family home. Mm-hmm. Did you have the, like the same caseworker for all these cases? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. <laughs> no. Um, I had one caseworker um, in the second home that I went into. Um, she couldn't even remember my name. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Do you feel like you were ever heard? Do you feel like you were kept up to date? Do you feel, feel like that was a positive experience? Or do you feel like there's definitely things that could be better? Definitely. <sighs> you were literally the only you know, worker that I ever had that remembered my name or checked in on me. And you gave me my camera. Mm-hmm, I remember that. And that was, you know. I wasn't expecting that. That's sweet. Sorry. Um, <laughs> even through all of what I was going through, mm-hmm. you know, you always came in and like hugged me. And, um, you know, I feel like you were the only person that, that would listen to me and what I needed and what I wanted, mostly what I wanted, because I feel like nobody listened to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gave me that camera, and I still have it, and I still use it. And that just meant so much to me because any caseworker that I had just blew me off. Kids' paperwork, it follows you wherever you're going to go. And probably that psych incident, mm-hmm. probably the shuffling around, mm-hmm. the 
just back and forth of this and that. Like, doesn't read as you are a victim of trauma. Yeah. It reads as yes. you're probably a yes. troubled teen. Yep. She wants and to no one wants to take you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wants to kill herself. All this stuff. And I, I do remember when Alexis, I mean, think about it. She was your age. Like, you were her age, right? 21? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she mm-hmm. was doing this for you, which is mm-hmm. wild mm-hmm. to think about. I remember she came in and was trying to rally for this camera and figuring out she wanted to incorporate you in however she could. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to that. It's just an instant connection that you just know. Well, I just do have to give a shout out because my parents are actually the ones that got me Aww. the camera. I was like, we got it. We got to get this camera. Like, she likes photography. We have got to get this done. And my mom was like, done. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Not even a question. Mm-hmm. So That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. But that, that changed everything. See, and one, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, one person, you have to have the heart for it because it literally could change the trajectory mm-hmm. of everything, mm-hmm. right? She comes into your home. There's been some things going on just within, you know, the past past placements, whatever. And it's like, you can just have a little bit of glimmer of hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really special. Thank you for saying that. Of course. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention the number one CPS worker I'll never forget in the most negative way. <laughs> oh, Lord. You don't want to be on this shout-out list. I was 14. Um, I was living with mm-hmm. some family members. I had a caseworker come in. She was older. She was just the opposite of caring. And I remember sitting in the living room of, you know, this house of my family member. And everybody's there. Like, everybody in the family is there. And she kept telling me that she wanted to reopen the case about the man that hurt me when Mm. I was 10. And I kept telling her, no, I don't want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. I'm past it. Please just leave leave it be. It was years ago. I just want to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. And she refused. So... All I know is that she was here for a meeting or something, mm-hmm. um, like just a monthly check-in. I don't know. And um, she said, as far as your case, I went to go speak with this man. And I immediately was like, what? Like, what do you mean you went to go talk to him about me? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she says, she just looks at me, she puts her clipboard down, and she's like, I've dealt with teenagers like you mm. and he just doesn't seem like the type so because there's a type of right right and so she, evidently like she was calling me a liar mm-hmm. and already feeling like some family doesn't believe me on and that this was a caseworker for cps yep yep shouldn't she stay in her lane like yeah, I don't know what I don't, would constitute her going back and looking at I have no idea. I don't know if maybe she just said that, like said that she did, but I, I yeah, don't know. I have no idea. So she's just sitting there. I've dealt with teen with teenagers like mm-hmm. you before. Mm-hmm. And that is um, so hurtful. Yeah. So hurtful. And so I remember just sitting there in shock. Not one person sticking it for you. said anything. So what transpired from that? Just you're a liar remember. and let's yeah, move on? Pretty much. Like, she literally said that and then started talking to everybody else. And I'll, 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 I'll never forget that. It's so traumatizing. And I feel like, we've talked about this, but I feel like you're very specific in the details that you remember. And I know you've already said this, but, like, it just goes to show 
that kids listen. How she made you yeah. feel. It just blows my mind. All I wanted to do was be someone that they just want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it took you a long time to get to like yeah. me or get to know me. Yeah. Because you had trust issues. Mm-hmm. And I would try every time, going once or twice a month. Okay, it's going to be the day she's going to talk to me. And she eventually did. But because I opened that avenue, you knew yeah. that I just wanted to talk and just listen. Mm-hmm. Listen and advocate. Mm-hmm. Just a light in someone's mm-hmm. life. That's, that's really all that you guys need. That's, that's all, all that, that these kids yeah. need. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, when you when kids come into care, like you guys don't even realize the paperwork that we get. We've got all this stuff about you. I mean, you're a stranger to us, but theoretically, like we're strangers to you, yet we know mm-hmm. all this stuff. That, I can, right. that has to feel like so violating. Yeah. And you probably have to keep saying the same story over and over again to these mm-hmm. caseworkers. You probably had what? three, four, five caseworkers, yeah. and it over and over, bringing that trauma up mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out, um, the last foster family, you know, kinship that I was with, you know, I ended up staying from 14 to 18. Mm-hmm. With them. And that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up with, you know, their daughter, so I was very happy because mm-hmm. we were cousins and we were the same age and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, one thing that is so important, you know, as somebody who's had foster parents at a young age, there are some things you just shouldn't say mm-hmm. to a newly, I don't know, because a new placement. Yeah. Maybe? And um, this was a family that had dinner every night at the table. Mm-hmm. This was a family that went to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know. I had never had any of that, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of rules. I didn't have rules beforehand. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, some patience issues mm-hmm. there. Um, and well, it's probably hard that dynamic of have a mom and dad and foster siblings who mm-hmm. are your cousins to learn how to live with mm-hmm. two stable, quote, stable parents mm-hmm. and foster siblings in this new environment. Yep. So that's a lot of different dynamics going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm placed in school. And I, at this time, I was in eighth grade because I didn't, I wasn't technically, like, smart enough. I didn't, you know, I was so far behind in school right. that they placed me in eighth grade instead of, you know, freshman year. Uh-huh. So I was in eighth grade, but doing seventh grade math, and I couldn't even do that. Right. Like with education, I was mm-hmm. still in sixth grade, yeah, fifth grade maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the first time I had, you know, clean clothes, food. It was just such a different atmosphere because they were very religious, mm-hmm. and that's okay, you know. But from someone, a teenager who's never. Mm-hmm. But I will say. I was, I became very religious when I first moved in mm-hmm. because of that voice that I had in my head that one mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced, you know, that was, that was God. So mm-hmm. I was okay with going to church every Sunday. I was okay with, you know, praying and all those right. things, living in a Christian home. Um, but as I got a little older, I felt like it was kind of pushed a little too much mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. um, and I'll never forget 
when I was told that I should try and be a born-again virgin because they knew what had happened to me. They knew situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I was like, what? That's like, what does that mean? So it was just bizarre things like that that came out of literally nowhere. And I was like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mm. foster mom and I would just get into so many arguments all the time because I'm feeling all of these things. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, you know, that was said to me all those years that I was there was you're not there anymore. You're not there anymore. You're not where you used to be. Oh, anymore. as in you're not in the trauma, yep. you're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm so like, get over it type thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just screaming in my head. Mentally, I'm Mentally I am still man. there. Mentally, I'm going to slightly be there forever. It's always going to be a part of me. It's always going to be in my head. But especially at that time, it was still fresh because mm-hmm. I'm 15, yeah. 16 listening to this. And I think that's such a huge takeaway from, from this. Caregivers who are caring for children who have been through anything trauma-related. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be mental, emotional, sexual, physical, whatever type of abuse. Because kids are in care because something has happened some sort of trauma abuse neglect whatever but having realistic expectations you can have your own biological kids you can have adopted kids whatever but we always try and tell people it's going to look different for everybody Mm -hmm. the way that you have to discipline the way that you have to interact all the things and you can't have expectations some expectations for one child and the same for the other especially if that um if that history in their life is totally different Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i just think it's so important that hearing it from the horse's mouth if you will like you're sitting here saying you can't have these expectations of me whenever that's not how mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I always try and tell people like if a kid is 14 coming into care they've lived 14 years of their life yep. one certain way yep. your six months seven months mm-hmm. is literally a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. to their entire life well, yep. it's like being an adult and getting into a new relationship mm-hmm. you had this whole relationship with someone else for X amount of years you can't expect them to switch overnight. It's mm-hmm. just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that was a huge part in like the things that were said to me. And I don't think that they had ill intentions. Mm-hmm. But um, it made me angry. So mm-hmm. I would act out. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was told by a family member, you know, during that time, um, I don't remember what we were arguing about, but, it, you know, he said, um, I wonder if those things even happened to you. You know, I wonder if things were that horrible for you. Why the hell do people think that they can say this kind of stuff? Well, you know, I think it's because there are the some... audacity is just... There are some people out there who genuinely are ruining it for... And it's like, it's like you hear all the time, right? There are bad eggs out there that ruin it for everybody who it actually happens to, mm-hmm. who bad things actually mm-hmm. happen to. When people go out and fake being kidnapped, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Then for all the people who are like, no, seriously, I almost got abducted. People don't want to believe it. Yeah. I mean, I literally saw that one girl who made the fake allegations, which is wild. Mm-hmm. And then, like the past couple of days, I've seen two girls or two women who are like, they're like, you know, so and so is missing, and I'm like, but are they? Mm-hmm. But are they really? Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's females. I you get those that. people that, yeah. that do that. And I feel like that's kind of the same situation. Like, you get those, I mean, you just get that everywhere. You know, it's just insane. It's unfortunate, but they ruin it. And I'm not making excuses by no, any means. Yeah, yeah. But um, people need to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, keep your opinions to yourself. And 
And maybe I feel like for every behavior, there is a root to why that is occurring. Mm -hmm. If people take the time to connect and have realistic expectations and dumb it down, water it down, Mm -hmm. right? They would realize that those behaviors are stemming because the thing you said hurt my feelings. It really Mm -hmm. pissed me off. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm doing whatever, you know? I know that sounds so easy and I know it's not easy. Sounds very social work of you. Thank you. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying it's so frustrating because I just feel like the expectations People are like wanting to get into it and they're like, or even, I mean, it can go, it goes for kinship, foster, adopt, anybody. The reason you're, the people are trained and we try to train them is to have realistic expectations mm-hmm. because that's why breakdowns of placements happen. Mm-hmm. That's why teenagers get a bad rap. Yeah. And there are some tough teenagers out there. Yeah. That's not good. And that's the thing is that those families that I was with, they act like I was this monster. I didn't do drugs. I didn't mm-hmm. sneak out. I didn't get arrested. I yeah. didn't get suspended. <laughs> I was a good teenager. I had baggage. I had yeah. some issues. And yes, you know, I did get therapy and mm-hmm. things like that. But then I'd be interrogated afterwards on what oh. I talked about. And yeah. then, um, you know, and regardless, like, yes, I was, they put me through school and they gave me a home, you know, but it's so much more than that. And that's what I'm trying to get across mm-hmm. to foster parents, you know, whoever mm-hmm. is yes, like food and home and clothes and school. That's great. Basic needs. Great. Mm-hmm. But there are also other things that go into it. Absolutely. With the things that you say to that child. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just a teenager. I was still a child mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the beginning, they were very understanding. And then the moment that things got hard, Mm -hmm. things were said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, my faith in God Mm -hmm. and religion just quickly shifted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I won't get too much into that because, you know, they are family and everything. But, um, the basic needs home food clothes Mm -hmm. that's not all that goes into it when Mm -hmm. you take in a foster kid especially a teenager (laughs) um well because all i mean i can't i don't think there's many foster like teenager foster kids who come in who either haven't had prior cps cases or who don't have extensive things that have happened in their past right it's usually Mm -hmm. not because of one like oh this is my first instance yeah, and I feel like if you're taking a teen, you need to know that there is emotional or there's just baggage in general that will be and coming. What really hurts, and you know, I still have some family that do this. I feel like I am blamed mm-hmm. for what happened or how things happened, or I was gone for a decade. Mm-hmm. That was not my fault. Mm-hmm. Something happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was not protected. Mm-hmm. I told about it, and that was that. Well, it's easy for you to be a scapegoat. I mean, to, for them, for That's other people. That's a perfect word. Yeah, it's easy for you to. That's what my therapist told me. That's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, during that, it's time. impressive that you, at, at such a young age and fresh out of all of this, I mean, it's impressive that you're able to verbalize that and rationalize that, and I mean, speak clearly that. And that is your truth. I mean, that mm-hmm. it, that's huge mm-hmm. to be able to recognize that so early, yeah. because some people aren't as fortunate and realistically with the family kind of dynamic that you grew up with it would have been very easy for you to take a different path 
Mm-hmm. You know? Oh my gosh. And I feel like nobody gives me credit for that. They all told me, you're going to get pregnant. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to be like your mother. You're going to be a drug addict. I became none of those things. Mm-hmm. I went to school, tried my hardest, mm-hmm. despite what they say. Um, I graduated. I live with my boyfriend. He loves me very much. Mm-hmm. I have a home. Mm-hmm. Probably a very healthy home. This now. makes me so emotional, but nobody really told me that they loved me growing up. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a word that was said. Uh-huh. Andy tells me he loves me every single day mm-hmm. since the day that he has said it. And my home is filled with laughter and Mm -hmm. happiness and no slamming doors and movie nights and Mm -hmm. we have our kittens and he's been you know so supportive of um our cats and me getting cats because Mm -hmm. i have no (laughs) self-control and um he's just so supportive in what i'm doing right now the podcast Mm -hmm. and i told him about it and does he know i mean he knows so he knows the the basics Mm-hmm. He said the other day, babe, I'm so excited to like hear your podcast. And I'm like, oh, are you? Because <laughs> you? you're about to learn a whole lot of things about me. Yeah. So I think that he's, you know, excited about that. Um, but I, I mean, truthfully, I mean, I, I don't, I knew of you, like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier through Alexis, and I remember she was championing for you all the time, which I think is so cool. And I had those relationships, so I know what it meant to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thrilled that she asked you to be on. But I mean, I just feel like it's it's could have been very easy and honestly the the rate of um because you can talk about your permanency here in a second but like the rate of kids who either age out Mm -hmm. um they either go back and then they spiral Mm -hmm. um because there's no stability there's no anything or we just don't see we don't see very many success stories and it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. but homelessness spiraling Mm -hmm. homelessness we have poverty kids and it's that generational cycle that Mm -hmm. truthfully i mean you're still very young but i mean you've broken that i think that's just really important because you know the two generations of women before me Mm -hmm. i don't want to say that they failed you know, um, they got caught up in it. They got caught up in it, and my mom lost half of her freaking life mm-hmm. to drugs, mm-hmm. and she had to hit absolute rock bottom to realize this is not how I want to live my life. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go there. Where mm-hmm. where is she? What is she doing now? So um, I rekindled, or I, I I reunited with my mom when I was seventeen. Um, and I think by this time I was already out of your life. You, yeah. You, so you, you they gone. had gotten mm-hmm. guardianship over you, mm-hmm. um, and then you changed your name. Mm-hmm. I was out of the picture. They were no longer foster parents, and then so you were permanently mm-hmm. theirs. And I, I just want to give them credit. Like they did take care of me. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Um, you know, they got me through school. I think they tried their best under the circumstances yeah. that they were given. Yeah. I don't think that this is part they of did, the plan. They didn't sign I up for it. You know, it just kind of happened. stepped up. And yeah. I think they did what they yeah. thought they needed to do. And I, I applaud them for that. You know, I, I thank them for that. Um, you know, we don't have a very close relationship, but, mm-hmm. you know, we still see each other time to time because mm-hmm. they are family. And um, I love them. They're family. Mm-hmm. You know, they they did take care of me. Um there were just this is just my perspective yeah you know absolutely. Um, 
and not, listen, and no one's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But it's everyone has the right to share their story and their versions, and mm-hmm. I think it's important. It, you know, it's important that you're able to have your voice to share yours because mm-hmm. when you exactly. come along, everybody has spoken for you. Yep. And, and that's, you've never yeah. been able to speak mm-hmm. for yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? It's so empowering. And that's why it when is. you when you texted me about this, uh-huh. I was like, OMG. <laughs> this, like I've been waiting. Yeah. Everybody tells me, you need to write a book. I would, and they say I, the same I, thing I to my mom. <laughs> because there is some little girl somewhere who may not be outside and who may have drug addicted parents and may think that that's her, her normal. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. talking to one lady the other day doing something for her and she was telling me about her childhood and she's like I just thought it was normal I truly mm-hmm. didn't know what mm-hmm. I, she goes I saw my peers and I saw yeah. that they were different but yeah. I just thought this is my normal yeah and I'm thinking back in my head I'm like when I was 12 I, no mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is not normal mm-hmm. but she didn't know that's exactly that's exactly how it is because mm-hmm. you see other people yeah. You know, you see other kids at school and you're like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's, that's weird. But it's uh-huh. just so cool yeah. that, like, your story, I mean, you went through that. That is, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm faith-based, right? I feel like that is your testimony. And mm-hmm. you went through that um, for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. what you do with it is yours to, to do. Right. But I just feel like if that can be a resource for a therapist or a counselor mm-hmm. or somebody mm-hmm. who catches a little girl in their class yep. because she saw yep. the puppet show. Yep. Um, and is able to say, here's a, re- a read this book or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or a case manager who thinks they're not doing good enough and they just yeah. like in that one yeah. girl's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. hold on to that. I mean, I know you think y'all's relationship is special, but it's like that a little bit of, mm-hmm. that's huge for you mm-hmm. to, to know that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know. To know that all my hard work and crying and, you know, dedication and everything. Yeah, because it was up to one person. Mm-hmm. That's all I need mm-hmm. it, for all the hell if you mm-hmm. will, that you've gone through with mm-hmm. that portion of that um job yeah it was worth it yeah because it touched mm-hmm. her and inspired her and here we are okay okay so you are okay. 17 <laughs> yeah you're living with this mm-hmm. kinship family mm-hmm. uh cps is out of the picture yeah. and then you reunite with your mom yep so um told my mom before i completely stopped talking to her i was like i want you to be sober for a year and mm-hmm. then come talk to me and I remember, you know, my foster mom sitting me down and she's like, so your mom has been sober for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like, would you like to see her? And I was, I was terrified. Did you believe it? No, mm-hmm. no. We met at Chili's. I saw her out in the parking lot. Were I you rec- so nervous? Oh my God, yeah, I was, yeah. I was. I was terrified. Like, I didn't, I didn't know who it. I was about to meet. You yeah. Because um, I thought she was going to be the same. Um, and I immediately recognized her hair because she she's always been blonde. She's always been a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. um, even in her worst moments, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and it's so sad. But um, as a kid, I always described her as an angel. Like, she just mm-hmm. looks... Mm-hmm. Because she was so pretty, you know. Um, so I'm just sitting across this person who's my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the first time that I'm meeting my mother. Mm. Because the poison is gone. The mm. look in her eyes are gone. You know, she didn't have the darkness in her eyes anymore. She had, like, she looked rested. She looked mm-hmm. healthy. She looked 
like an angel. <laughs> she wasn't so angry. And she was looking at me with a genuine smile and not hatred. Mm-hmm. So I was just starstruck. And by the end of that meeting, I was like, I can't live without her. Mm-hmm. I can't. I've gone my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, you know, started seeing each other more and she would drive from like far Dallas to Keller to see me mm-hmm. every single weekend. Like she didn't care. She had the shittiest car because mm-hmm. she was <laughs> broke, you know, starting her life over, basically getting a job. Yeah. And, um, she eventually, when I was about to turn 18, she started seeing this man. Mm-hmm. And I was just so scared for her mm-hmm. because she's never had. Here's another one. She's she's never had anybody treat mm-hmm. her right. Anybody. Not that I had seen, you know. Mm-hmm. So they had dated like a month in high school. Um, and... Apparently things went well, you know, she was just talking to me about it. She said that on their first date, he took her to a very nice place. Mm-hmm. Um, and she laid it out on the table for him. Um, <laughs> I'm a recovering addict, lost all my kids, take her, leave it. I love that. And he took it and mm-hmm. he, despite everything, he took my mother in. Um, she moved in, you know, shortly after and they got engaged. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just worshipped the ground that she walked on. Mm-hmm. And he had never been married, never had any kids. And he tells me all the time, he told me yesterday, you're my first kid. Mm-hmm. You will always be my first kid. And I think about what my life would have been like mm-hmm. if, um, you know, I love my dad. I'm not excluding him here, but I just think about how different my life would have been if if he was around long ago yeah and you know um jared just took us in and knew the baggage he didn't even really know my baggage he just knew that i had baggage and um he's never raised his voice at me i've never seen him angry um and he is the first man that I have ever been able to hug mm-hmm. and not be scared something's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, you know, of course, I felt that way with my dad, you know, whenever I was young. Um, but at this point, my dad's still, you know, mm-hmm. not here. Um, and Jared was, he just, he was like, freaking Superman like he just came in and had the most positive impact on me and my mom and didn't care about her stuff my stuff um that's so cool and uh I I moved in with them they they got their own apartment and this was my senior year Mm -hmm. by this point COVID started my junior year it was all on zoom I didn't even think about your yeah. senior year. Mm-hmm. So you're with your mom and Jared in their apartment, COVID hits. You're in your senior year. Is everything online now? So the beginning of senior year, it was optional. 
Oh, if you okay. want to be online or if you want to be at school. So I chose online to just see. Uh-huh. And I was failing everything. Yeah. I could not pay I attention. I that. it was it was just hard. And I yeah. I don't excel in school. Yeah. That's why I'm not in college as of right now. I just I do not do well in school. It was such a negative thing for me in high mm-hmm. school, all through high school, because I was so far behind. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. So senior year was really hard because that's like right after it was okay to go back to school. And, you know, we just, we lived in our apartment. My mom and I did have some arguments. Of course. Some, yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't remember. Yeah. And I have to carry that. She's apologized. She's taken accountability. She's, you know, she's working on herself. Mm-hmm. She's... She's the strongest person, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she just hit six years sober. And Yay! Yay! Yeah, yeah, I know, and she, um, she's just so, I couldn't imagine my life without her at this yeah, point. Yeah. And What about your relationship with your dad? So... Uh, that's pretty good timing because my senior year is when I reached out to my dad. Mm-hmm. I kept having these dreams mm-hmm. and I swear everything happens for a reason because, you know, everything sucks at school. Everything's fine at home. Um, learning to live with my mom again as she's sober mm-hmm. and, you know, Jared and he's just this great guy. I finally am happy where I'm living for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. I am happy where I'm at. Mm-hmm at home and it just turned into like I cannot live without now yeah like, I cannot mm-hmm. live without my mother she's mm-hmm. my best friend can't do it but I kept having these dreams for like two months about my dad and I always had this feeling that my dad just didn't believe me mm-hmm. you know that none of them believed me and that just sucked you know but I kept having these dreams you know, memories of him and I, you know, him showing me his comic books and his Mm -hmm. figurines. And so I had been looking at his Facebook profile for months. Mm -hmm. You know, I just never had the courage. I was just looking at pictures of my siblings and how they've grown and my stepmom. And um, my stepmom was, you know, always so kind to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I just decided like, okay, I got to do it told my mom she was like please just be careful mm-hmm. like, please just don't get hurt takes it in this whole paragraph like hey mm-hmm. it's me this is how I'm doing I'd love to get coffee or something mm-hmm. I think it was like a day or two later he replied mm-hmm. it was like a huge paragraph and I li- I loved some of the things that he said mm-hmm. and then I was also really angry with, with some of the things that he said mm-hmm. um, and I think shortly after that we met for coffee and I couldn't find him. Like, I'm just sitting at this table looking for him. And I hear his keys jiggling <laughs> on his jeans. I'm like, oh, there oh, he is. Oh, gosh, dads. Um, and I stood up, and we hugged, and he was literally shivering. Mm-hmm. And we sat down, and he cried. It was the second time I ever saw my dad cry. And I told him about my life and my mom. And it was a good meeting. Like, it was mm-hmm. not a negative meeting. We didn't talk a whole lot about what had happened with the man. Um, Mm -hmm. I told him if I come back around, I never want to see him. I don't Mm -hmm. want to hear about him. 
I get that may be hard for you since you'll have a relationship, but I will not stick around if that is like a problem. Mm-hmm. Setting that boundary. Mm-hmm. And um, toward the end of our meeting, we took a picture together. He went home. Mm-hmm. Um, they invited me over, I think maybe like a week later, to their home. So I, you know, go over and saw my stepmom for the first time mm-hmm. in, you know, a decade. Hugged her and um, saw my siblings. They were freaking Huge. grown. Mm-hmm. We went out in the backyard and just talked and talked and talked. Mm-hmm. And then it just became where I was over every single weekend mm-hmm. for, and that was back in 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a rockier relationship. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a healthy relationship. I think there's also high expectations there mm-hmm. because I think um, they, or you know, my dad kind of expected everything to just fall back in place mm-hmm. to how it was whenever I was 10. And I'm like, that's, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I can't be gone for a decade after something so horrible happened to me yeah. and come back and be okay with everything. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. And I feel like I'm often blamed. Mm-hmm. for, you know, being gone when I was 10. I had no control over what the hell was happening. Yeah. Um, you know, comments like, well, you sh- maybe you shouldn't have left. Maybe you shouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. That's hurtful. That is hurtful. And I've just let it roll off my back mm-hmm. the past two years. Um, haven't really said anything. Um, something that was recent that was really hurtful was... Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Andy went over, and everybody's in the kitchen. They had some friends over, and brought my dad a card and a hat. Um, and I saw that my pictures on the refrigerator were gone mm-hmm. of me, and I knew why they were gone. Why? Um, the man was over at their house that day mm-hmm. before me. Because keep in mind, they still have that relationship open. Um. So. That's, um, so that's that's kind of why. That's a hard dynamic. That's mm-hmm. almost like living two lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We want to have this relationship with this man, but we also want to have it with my daughter. Yeah, that's and, I think that's healthy. And I, it went from me being over every weekend to maybe once or twice a month. You mm-hmm. know, because I've had to distance myself from that. We don't talk about it, and yeah. that's okay. I get it. It's hard to talk about. You know. This may be overstepping, but um, do you do therapy now? And I'm trying to get into it now. I'm just wondering if um, it seems like they don't truly understand what it's like. Oh, yeah. Know. No, no, no. And I, they, yeah. it, I feel like every time when you see him, he's trembling and he's shaking. Clearly, there's love yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I, don't, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Last yeah. time that I said anything, that was it. I was gone for a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sticky. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I usually don't say anything when I notice things like that with the pictures on the fridge, but I just looked at them and I was like, where's my pictures at? Yeah. It's hurtful because I, I I don't know. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you know, I had to, that's, that's the answer I was given. And I I just wasn't going to say nothing. I finally was just like, where'd they go? (laughs) I knew why they were gone. Where were they at? Where yeah. were they gone? Wow. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, like I'm blamed. I'm blamed. 
mm-hmm. to this day I'm blamed for being gone. But I'm I'm glad that you realize that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You're able to articulate that and and let yourself know that you're not in the wrong. Mm-hmm. You were little. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You're trying to set those boundaries with the people that hurt you. Yeah. And trying to move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, even though you're an adult now, right, you're still trying to navigate these waters. Mm-hmm. And thank God you have your biological mom who's sober and stable now. Mm-hmm. And thank God you have your boyfriend who you feel love from, mm-hmm. you know, and your dad and things like that. It's like, but there are still so many things for you to shake out. Yeah. And that's life. We all still do, too. Yeah. But what would you say, like, what's a takeaway? Like, what do you want people to know? I wish that some adult would have just sat me down mm-hmm. and said, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Everything if you want. Tell me what you went through so we can try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like a lot of people just go on eggshells with you? Yeah. People just assumed what Mm -hmm. I went through. People just knew that I went through something bad, so they never Mm -hmm. asked. They didn't want to know. Or they get uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I feel like people don't want to, like, don't want to maybe step on toes. It's like, but I almost feel like walking on that eggshell is almost more hurtful. It feels... It's okay to ask questions. I feel like people just get uncomfortable and they don't want to ask. You can say, hey, mm-hmm. you might be uncomfortable answering this question, but do you mind if I ask? Mm-hmm. And you can tell me no. Mm-hmm. That's why I always turn to I'm like, you may not feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, that's okay. if that's okay mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But literally just sitting that child down mm-hmm. and just asking them, yeah. what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me what happened to you so I don't make those same mistakes. Yeah, just building that trust, building that rapport, mm-hmm. and not to stroke you, Alexis, but like being just trying to have some sort of pause and keep trying, right? Mm-hmm. You were relentless in your efforts. Keep trying, keep talking, mm-hmm. making a child feel comfortable, meeting their basic mm-hmm. needs, but ultimately help you process whatever you've been through mm-hmm. to move, not get over it because it's always going to stick with right. you, but move forward in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. And create a dynamic to where into adulthood you succeed. Yeah. Instead of going into homelessness at 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so lucky that that didn't happen to me. Honestly, I don't know how it didn't. I know. I know. I really, you had all the cards against you. Mm-hmm. And you stuck it through. You are very, very powerful. And I knew from the first day that I met you that you were something special. And it makes me very sad to know and to hear you say that you didn't feel loved. Because you are very loved. And you have been loved for a very long time. And I'm so grateful to know you and so grateful to hear your story and continue to keep up with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you allow me to be part of that. I love seeing your videos. I love following you. Mm-hmm. I love to see that you're thriving and you're doing mm-hmm. well and mm-hmm. you're in the, the vet clinic area and you love animals. And I just love, I love seeing you thrive. And mm-hmm. I want you to know that you are so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Because I mean, seriously, all the, all the cards all the statistics, all the things that we see, you you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be sitting where you are. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, they're just, the cards are so proud. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing this. I feel like it's, 
I've been wanting to for a long time. <laughs> yeah. A long, long time. So, and that's not everything, but it's, it's, a, it's good, a good chunk. It's a good, yeah. It's a it's, good chunk. Yeah. Well, I wish that, it, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's so inspiring. It's so telling. And it just sheds light into what is what an actual experience is like. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, unfortunately, I mean, well, fortunately, cannot relate to mm-hmm. that childhood. Mm-hmm. And some people are, you know, didn't have to experience that. But I think it just helps hearing it from someone directly like you know absolutely what mm-hmm. that experience is like and shout out to your mom for the stability i hope oh my great. gosh yes. your mom yeah. we're gonna she, have her on i know i keep telling her i'm like please please go on there i'd love to have her um so she's just she's so she tells me all that she told me the other day she was like i just want you to know your children will not live the same life that you did That's so powerful and i that just made me because i'm so happy that my kids are gonna have their grandmother mm-hmm. yes. the way that they Such a good point. need to have their grandmother. And deserve. And I get to watch her mm-hmm. love and treat my children mm-hmm. the way you should have been treated. So it's a bittersweet thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I know, you know, my stepdad, Jared, um, my kids are gonna feel safe with their mm-hmm. with their grandpa. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like you've got great support, and yeah. I just think, um, like I said earlier, like it is your testimony; it's yours to do with it. And I just hope you know that, like, you ha- you went through that for a reason, mm-hmm. and those are the cards that you were dealt. Mm-hmm. We'll never know why, yeah. but it's what you make of it now, moving forward. And you're, mm-hmm. I feel like you're well on the right track. You know, just mm-hmm. stay. You're breaking that cycle. Your kids hopefully will never get through yeah. that. You yeah. know. Um, and just keep making the right choices because other people, other kids need to know that, that they can do that too. Absolutely. I never, ever thought that I would be living in my own apartment mm-hmm. with a man that mm-hmm. loves me. Mm-hmm. And with your cats. With my cats. <laughs> yeah. He, Andy, was just the most unexpected thing. He, I mean, he completely blindsided me because mm-hmm. I that just, I hated dating. I hated all of it. Because it just and it here sucked, he comes. and here he comes, and um, just flip my world upside down. And that's so special. Yeah. So, well, good guy. my soul's happy. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I feel like Thank y'all. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to get it out. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it does. It and I just I wanted other people to know about it because it's just it's hard. It's and there's hard. so yeah. there's so many kids. So if if I could go back and hug my childhood self, oh my god, I think about that. She needs all the hugs all the time. If one person, because I was the oldest, I didn't. All my siblings were younger than me. Mm-hmm. If somebody had just hugged me mm-hmm. and say it's okay, mm-hmm. things probably could have been different. Yeah. So. See, simplicity. Yeah, you don't small, have to make it all Yeah. Yeah, just hug, hug listen and hug and reach out if mm-hmm. you're thinking of someone. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I think it will definitely touch people and hopefully shape the way that caregivers and caseworkers and social workers um, approach mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. cases. I hope mm-hmm. so. Truthfully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.